Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Did I tell you that we relaunched our TV podcast that is now called the Prestige TV Pod? We did it in time for Succession, which is launching in October. But there's so many good shows this fall. We got Yellowstone and Billions and Insecure. We have The Shrink Next Door. Is Mayor of Kingstown going to be good? We're going to be breaking all of it down. The morning show season finale. We are going to be here. Like, we're going to treat it like we treat the NBA playoffs. If there's a really good prestigious TV show, we're breaking it down in this feed. Check it out. The Prestige TV Pod from the Ringer Podcast Network. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. The MLB season is in full swing, and you can step up to the plate with FanDuel. America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, bet the live same-game parlays for every MLB game and track your game and bets live with box scores and play-by-play. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies' splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. So, special edition of New York, New York. Here's truly John Jastrzemski. We welcome in our pal. We haven't chatted in a couple of weeks, and there really hasn't been much to say with the New York Giants over the final eight weeks of this regular season, but now we kind of have an idea. Dave Gettleman gets his retirement swan song, and according to most reports, Joe Judge will be back for the 2022 season. Danny Heifetz, aside from that, how we doing, buddy? I don't know. Mrs. Lincoln, otherwise, how was the play? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I can't talk about anything right now. This is crazy. I don't know what's going on. I mean, between our two teams, you guys firing Brian Flores, the Giants keeping Joe Judge. Hi, Fitz. Yesterday. Sorry to cut I, you off there. If I would have told you 24 hours ago that Brian Flores would be out in Miami and that Joe Judge would be retained as Giant head coach, what would I have had to have given you? 500 to 1 odds? 1,000 to 1 odds? 1,000 <laughs> to 1? I, I don't know. I would have given you 1,000 to 1. It'd be off the board. I think that's the interesting thing about the Joe Judge decision with the Giants is that the calculus has changed a lot in the last two weeks, in the last two days. I mean, John Merrick, they kind of publicly suggested he was going to be back even like two weeks ago. And in that time, just since they said that, blown out by the Bears in a game that was embarrassing and non-competitive, really from the opening kickoff, basically. Like, they were never in that game 29-3 to a team that just fired their own coach and GM because they needed to rebuild. And that team blew them out. And then you've got the whole the Washington block calling them clowns, uh, the Washington clowns, and then they go in and then Washington blows their doors off and everything that happened, judges embarrassing press conference, and then that kind of changes the calculus. And then now Brian Flores is available and you think that maybe they'd go after like Judge, a Patriot staffer that actually has a track record of success in Brian Flores, unlike Joe Judge, and they keep Judge. It's like the calculus kept changing and they stuck with him anyway. 
So my theory on this is pretty simple, Danny. I don't think John Mara wanted to fire head coach. I think because of the McAdoo debacle and the Shermer debacle and the fact that he was telling media members last year, I'm sick of hiring and firing coaches after two or three years. I think he kind of had it ingrained in his mind that no matter what was going to transpire, he knew Gettleman was going to be out at the end of the year, but he didn't want to make a coaching change. And I'm with you. The calculus changed on this. I was supportive of this head coach at the end of last year. I actually believed, and I was dumb enough to believe, the Giants had positive things working in their favor with the way they competed, with the way they finished last year, blah, 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 blah. I don't want to hear it's as simple as, oh, well, Daniel Jones missed the final six games, and that's why the Giants were as non-competitive as they were. Nonsense. They're playing teams that are firing coaches. They're not in these games. They're running a 1960s offense. And that presser last Sunday against the Bears, Heifetz, that was the last draw for me. After hearing that and seeing that effort and basically making the argument, hey, everybody's a united front in this locker room. We, we're, we're fighting. We, we love what we're doing here. We got the right culture in place. We have the, the right principles in place. And you look like that. Who the hell in this town is going to take you seriously? Yeah, I think Judge forfeited a lot of credibility in that press conference. I think he did with me, too. I mean, I think that when you come out and you basically preach professionalism and doing things the right way, and then you let that facade slip as long as he did, and basically being like blaming other people, blaming Pat Shermer and past regimes of the Giants, saying the Giants quit on Shermer. Meanwhile, the Giants, I mean, if quitting on a coach, I mean, they haven't, they've scored one touchdown in like 35 possessions, this Giants team, you know, messing with Washington and the Ron Rivera clapping back and being like, how dare you? We've had tragedies here. I mean, it's just, it's, it was unprofessional, quite frankly. But also, I think the bigger issue for me is that there is a world where I get why the Giants might want to keep Joe Judge, right? Like, they obviously screwed up with Gettleman. And then fundamentally, I think the real reason he's back is what you, number one is what you said about they're afraid of having too much turnover at coach, right? And they're afraid of being just like the Browns or the Jaguars or those other teams that they used to laugh at. And now they're realizing they're one of them. The flip side is is much simpler and more real politique, which is they made Joe Judge co-marry Jason Garrett as the offensive coordinator, right? Because that's what this team does. Like Joe Judge didn't come out and hire Jason Garrett. They basically made an arranged marriage between Joe Judge. And they're like, we're afraid of your lack of head coaching experience. We want Jason Garrett to run the offense and groom Daniel Jones. And then since they hired Jason Garrett, the Giants literally are last in offensive touchdowns. And I think that Joe Judge was basically like, how are you going to fire me? when the offense that you made me have was the worst offense in football and I was handed a roster from Dave Gettleman who I didn't get to pick, like this is kind of ridiculous and 24 guys went in injured reserve. I get that. But I think a lot of it gets forfeited when you're QB sneaking on second and nine and then third and 12. I mean, when we think about cowardly coaching, between Vic Fangio down seven, kicking a field goal on Saturday, which had my head spinning and sure enough, he gets fired the following day. I thought that would be the doozy of the week. I don't know, Danny. Second down and third down quarterback sneaks with a four-win team. That is as cowardly and as lame and as sad as it gets. That is a highlight now or a low light that we will be seeing now for the next decade. I know some Giant fans don't want to hear that. I know they probably don't want to compare to the butt fumble. Yeah, I'm going to go down that <laughs> it road, is, dude. It is. It's, it's like a butt fumble. Bad, if not worse than the butt you know, fumble, it's, really. You know, that's a good point. It's not like going to be as famous wherever the butt fumble, but the difference is the butt fumble was an accident. The Giants did, like, they QB snuck on purpose. And I know that it's one play, two, two plays. I, I want to link you here for a second because I can be hyperbolic, but it's it was unprofessional. It was It is just not something you see in professional football 
to forfeit a possession on like second down. Also, I get the idea of like, oh, well, if we lose yardage, it could be a safety. They weren't that close to the end zone. It was the four yard line. They weren't on the one. It wasn't like inches and like they were really worried. If you lose three inches right now, it's going to be safety. Four yards. You can't trust. I don't care who it is. If you have an NFL quarterback, I don't care how, I don't care how bad Jake Fromm is. If you can't trust him to not lose four yards when you're like, hey, Jake, don't lose four yards right here. That's not a professional football team. The irony that it went against the Washington football team is also ridiculous because the Giants proved it like they're the clown show. Think about this for a minute. The Giants are going to be in cap hell. The Giants spent all this money in free agency and it blew up in their face. I saw your tweet. I almost gave you a retweet. I honestly forgot. I had 10 zillion things going on. Uh, Beningo's calling me. I'm running around like a chicken without a head. But they go and sign Kenny Galladay to this big money contract. They go and give Kadarius Toney a first-round draft pick. And they, you know, trade down. They bypass the idea of taking a generational talent like Michael Parsons, for example. And where's the impact? Like, uh, we think about the missteps. And we think about the regime of Dave Gettleman over the last four years. I mean, my goodness. Heifetz, he will go down as one of the most vilified and one of the worst executives in New York sports history. That is not exaggeration. That is not hyperbole. I've been doing this now a decade. I can't think of a GM outside of John Idzik. It's close. He wasn't here as long. (laughs) And I actually think Gettleman might be worse because of the long-term decisions that he made. Idzik did not nearly make as many long-term decisions that just destroyed the franchise. He was only here for two years. Tough to find a GM that's worse than Gettleman in this town over 20, 30, 40 years. Really tough to do. I mean, you talking about, I mean, talk about just the entire NFL. I mean, I think the only comp I'd even give to Gettleman in terms of destructive reigns for GM, I mean, maybe Bill O'Brien with Houston, teardowns. I mean, Bill O'Brien tried to get fired from Houston, basically, and couldn't do it, and then ran the team into the ground. When you look at Gettleman, really, it's about the Mara family. And we're going to come back to the Mara family. But Gettleman's tenure, in a nutshell, this is a guy who came in, was a big swaggering personality, like he knew everything. They weren't over 500 one day in Gettleman's 500, 500. I, I feel like they didn't play a meaningful game in a Gettleman regime. They, Not one. They, I mean, fundamentally, what happened was they threw a bunch of resources at their problems and then failed to fix any of them. Like you threw a first round pick at quarterback, need a quarterback. Throwing first round picks at a running back, still going to need a running back after Saquon's gone. Andrew Thomas, maybe he's all right. They got the third best tackle in that draft. You're talking about an offense that has eight players who are first or second round picks. Eight of 11 players, first or second round picks. I mean, none of those picks are even particularly good. Hopefully, Andrew Thomas is a keeper. Kadaris, Tony, Galladay, as you said, first round pick, $19 million a year, zero touchdowns between the two of them. That is insane, bro. And not to mention, again, to come back to this, you, you hire Dave Gettleman, right? And in theory, the first couple years are bad. And then the second, the, you know, the next three, year three, year four, going to get better. Well, the last two years, year three, year four for Gettleman, you're talking about dead last in offensive touchdowns. The Giants have like 52 touchdowns in, in, in this year. Or sorry, the last two years. The next worst is the Jets, who have like 63, 64. Do you think about that? The Jets, who are the second worst team, have 20% more touchdowns than the Giants. Over the last two years, the whole point of football is to score touchdowns, JJ. Like, what are you doing with your time? That's my question with for all these people. What is Joe Judge doing with his time if the Giants are outscored in the final two minutes of the first half, 79 to zero this season? What are you doing with your time? What is Jason Garrett doing with his time if this is the last, if this team is dead last? And then they fire Jason Garrett 
And then they, they've scored one touchdown since they fired him in the last month. It's embarrassing. It's obvious to blame Judge. It's obvious to blame Gettleman. But I think the Mara family is the real conversation. I would agree with that. And here's my issue now as we go forward in this offseason. So they're going to save Joe Judge. And I saw this quoted a couple of different places. Next year, let's see what the quarterback looks like. Maybe you have some answers there. Your cap situation's not as bad. You're more desirable. You're a better place to be, blah, 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 blah. No, I couldn't disagree more. Now is the time to go and make a change because you're going to start anew with the general manager and what? You're going to have a general manager come in, evaluate Joe Judge for a year, and then we're basically doing the same song and dance yeah. next year. It's just, to me, hype, it's, it's wasting time in the NFL arc. This is the perfect time to start anew. This is the perfect time to clean house. And this sort of like disjointed way of, well, keep the GM or keep the coach. Like they've gone down this road, said goodbye to Tom, kept Jerry Reese. Then yep. all of a sudden, you know, it's the idea of we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to fire Pat Shermer and we're going to keep Dave Gettleman. It's this never ending cycle yeah, it's left and brain, it's a never ending right cycle of failure. Basically, that's what it boils down to. Yeah, it's left brain, right brain. It's like they're talking with two sides of their mouth. They're conflicted. I don't know if that's the Tish Mara thing where one sides are pulling, but they always do seem to make, they're, they're always half-assing things, right? And they never full-ass one thing. And that's what's frustrating with this team. I think that it's easy to sit here and be like, why are they bringing Judge back? I think that you got to flip it and look at it from the management perspective because this team, can sit 100 losses over the last 10 years. That's insane. Since they won the Super For Bowl. For a franchise that's one of the most storied and proud in the NFL and the history of the NFL. Yeah. To have that sort of record attached to them. It, and listen, Francesca said this to me yesterday. We didn't live through late 60s into the 70s when the Giants were this laughing stock across the NFL. <laughs> this is our generation's version of that in many yes. ways, Heifetz. It really is. Well, no, no, this is also, well, while you're there, I mean, this might be worse than that. I mean, this really is potentially rock bottom in Giants franchise history. I know that I'm on the younger side, but like, I, look, my grandmother, God rest her soul, she became a Giants fan in the 1950s when they played at Yankee Stadium. She missed single she missed single digit Giants games in like 50 or 60 years and she said the last two or three seasons were the worst it she had ever felt for the future of the franchise as a Giants fan. I mean, this is serious. I mean, they have the worst record in the NFL tied with the Jets over the last 5 years. That's the 5-year window. And then this season, you can't tell me they'd be favored against any team in the NFL right now. You can't tell me that. Like, I, I'm not, I'm trying not to be hyperbolic, but they are right now the worst team in the NFL. I do not think if they played at MetLife, they'd be favored against the Jets. They'd get steamrolled by the Lions. They'd get rocked by the Texans. And, and after they what we saw from Jacksonville yesterday, Jacksonville on their best day is going to beat them with this quarterback situation. They're they the worst team in the NFL. And like, that's the thing. So the flip side is, well, what about going forward? John Mara is the president. He's running the team. His brother, Tim Mara, is the vice president. Or sorry, Chris Mara is the vice president of player personnel. John Mara's nephew is the co-director of player personnel. You've got the family. It's a family business. These are all billion-dollar lemonade stands, right? These teams are family businesses. The family is intertwined with this player-to-personnel department. The Giants like to think that they're this old-school organization, and then, you know, these other teams are clown shows. The Giants are just as involved in meddling as the Cowboys. The difference is the Cowboys talk about it, but they actually internally do delegate well, they draft. things. They know what they're doing in the draft. They, they get players. They know what they're doing in the draft because they delegate. They have a guy named Will McClay. He's their head of player personnel. He's an incredible at drafting, and he's the guy who's the brains of the operation. The Giants have not built this infrastructure within their organization. They've littered it with just, there's family members, 
and they're it just it's so dysfunctional and chaotic within that they're not drafting well and it's not a desirable place to work and they're not even getting good candidates they don't even interview they had interviewed one person last round with, for general manager when Dave Gettleman was hired they only interviewed one person outside the team with no connections to the team it's Lewis Riddick they don't even look outside the organization they're not like a 21st century business okay picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Well, they have to look outside the organization for this next hire. They have to. If they're going to try and sell their fan base on Kevin Abrams, who's been here, who's been a part of this mess, and that's going to be your answer and your idea to solving the problems within the front office, then you're in for another five, six years of this crap, dude. Michael Strahan said on Fox yesterday, he's very, he, he tried to walk a thin line of like not being overtly offensive, but being stern. And his point is basically the Giants need to join the 21st century. Like, yeah, they he's right about to, that. He's right. They need to change and they need to learn to change their ways. And he basically was basically saying, or else the league will pass them by. It's so facto, they need to, there are basic management practices interviewing people from outside your organization. But fundamentally is they want to be told what's comfortable. They don't want to be told the truth. Even if they may think that if Dave Gettleman comes in and says, we can win with Eli Manning, this is back in 2017. And Lewis Riddick's like, Manning's done. You need to get rid of him and you need to get a new quarterback. And they chose the easier path, the familiar path. We can still win with Eli. We can rebuild and we'll compete on the flat, please. Like that's, that's your lying to yourself. And now they're at risk of doing it again, right? They're going to get rid of Gettleman. They'll keep Judge. But that's the problem is they don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear real assessments of their team. Gut feel. Do you think they go outside the organization for the next GM? 
gut feel right here, right now, yeah, Monday I, afternoon. I think you actually I, think they'll go outside the But when you say outside the organization, do you think this will be somebody who is simpatico with Joe Judge? Or are you talking about somebody that has no connection to this head coach? That's my question. I don't know, because honestly, hiring someone outside their orbit would be just such a huge change for them. So, I, like, it's already such a big difference. I don't think that they would want to bring one of Judge's guys in to manage. They have two first-round picks this year, because then if you fire Judge, you're kind of handcuffing yourself with this GM. And that's the other problem is, right, th- it, let's rewind for a second. This is also the thing that infuriates me about this team. Three weeks ago at this point, I think it was three weeks ago, they're like, we're going to bring Judge and Jones back for next year. Why would you say that? Because that's the problem. If Gettleman's out and you're going to hire a new GM, you're now telling the GM what they're going to have to do. You're handcuffing them. Like, you want to bring in a new GM and, and then you want GM them to decide on the quarterback the and the coach. decisions on everything. That's what proper, reasonable, rational NFL franchises would do. And that's Not the leak that crap in the media. We, in the beginning, we said calculus. The calculus with, with Joe Judge. I'm not good at calculus, but whenever I come Me on your show, I always talk theory. about order of operations. PEMDAS, right? It's parentheses, exponents, like multiplication, division, and then add, subtract. It's like the order of the math matters. The Giants never get the order right. Why would you decide Daniel Jones is coming back and the coach is coming back, but now we're going to go hire a GM? What if the GM didn't want to bring Daniel Jones back? Now, realistically, it's not that big of a deal, but that's the point is that they need a GM who can actually make these big picture decisions, even if it's against the grain of what they wanted. They might have to cut bait on Daniel Jones. They might have to cut bait on Joe Judge. It's just frustrating to think that maybe a gym candidate would have wanted to come in, but like, hey, I have another idea for a vision for this team, but I think this should be the coach. They're not listening to these alternative opinions. How is anything supposed to change if they're not listening? And why are they not listening? Because they're not accepting that who they are. To quote another great Giants coach, you are what your record says you are. You have the worst record with the Jets of the last five years. You're worse than the Jaguars, who now have the first pick in back-to-back years. Your record's worse than the last five years. You're worse than the Browns, who went 0-16 in that period. You're the worst team in football, but they have this arrogance left over from these Super Bowls. This is like the gift that keeps giving. The arrogance is that they their way is still the way, and when in reality, they should be open-minded. Do you get the sense fifth-year option picked up for Daniel Jones? I know we don't have a GM, so there's a lot of like questions with that. My thing, Heifetz, is... If the Giants want instant credibility, there's only one way I think they get instant credibility immediately. That's if you go and get a superstar quarterback in the offseason. I don't know if that's possible. And I'm not saying that Russell Wilson would fix every problem with this team because they have deep-rooted issues. But for an ownership group that is just dying for a savior, for an ownership group that needs some sort of positive PR, I would not rule out the possibility they take those two first-round picks, call the Seattle Seahawks, say, hey, you interested? I think that the Seahawks probably wouldn't accept the two first-round picks because they just traded away two first-round picks for Jamal Adams from the Jets. The thought of getting the same return for Russell Wilson that you gave away for Jamal Adams, I just don't think you can sell to anyone. You couldn't sell it to so, me. No way. That's the thing. Not so when three, I think Wilson's got seven, eight really good years left. But, you but know, that's the, I do there. too, but I just think Russell Wilson's too limited. And quite frankly, the Giants would be worse than any team Russell Wilson's ever had. I mean, the Seahawks roster, what they have around Russ right now is a lot better than what the Giants have, and he hasn't done much with them. I think Russ is a limited quarterback. And I actually don't think he's going to be worth three or four first-round picks. I'm not convinced unless, like, you're ready-made. I think the teams Russ could win the Super Bowl with or compete for a Super Bowl realistically, I think he could do that on the Browns, who have a loaded team aside from Baker. I think I'd be interested in Russ in New Orleans because Sean Payton has such experience with, like, short quarterbacks being six feet tall. And I think that Russ would be good in Pittsburgh. But, like, realistically speaking, I, 
I don't see why the Giants should be giving away all those first-round picks. What, what, I feel like it would be a Herculean task for Russell Wilson to get this team to 11 wins and at like a wild card exit. So that, to me, it's not worth it. But like, I, I just, I'm a little down on Russell Wilson, but I'm mostly down on the idea that this team should be swinging at anything. Okay, so you don't want to swing for the fences. So no. basically, stat, you want status quo next year with Judge, evaluation year with a new coordinator, and you take it from there, or are you picking up that fifth-year option? For, on Daniel Jones? Correct. I think that the problem with Daniel Jones and the fifth-year option is this spine injury. Like, I, I mean, washed Dennis away in all this Joe Judge news. Way too many games. But washed away from all this news. It's like, what is with Daniel Jones's neck? Is he okay? Like, I hope he's all right. But, like, that's a terrible injury. And the thing with the fifth-year option is that it's injury guaranteed. So, like, it, you know, it's kind of a noble because, like, we need to know what the status is. I think my gut with these fifth-year options is, like, you kind of always want to pick them up in my view, unless you really know, I think that, it, you know, at the end of the day, it's not my money. And like, realistically, all I don't, I know the Giants have a bad cap next year. Well, they're not going to compete next year and they don't have to retain any of these players because they're all, all the ones that are up aren't that good. We don't need to create space to bring Evan Ingram back. I don't care about the cap. All cap problems can be fixed in two seasons. And this is more than a two-year rebuild. But realistically, I don't think Jones has shown very much that they need to keep him. It's like, use these two first-round picks, get a pass rusher, get a tackle, or trade back for more first-rounders. And then like, try to get one, a guy from this 2023 class realistically at quarterback, but it, they're in such a bad spot. And honestly, these are all details. The, the key point is that until ownership, which includes the owner, but also the guy who's an owner who's also the head of the player personnel department with a team that famously can't get good personnel, and then the guy under him who's like the other guy's nephew, like these are the guys running the team who can't make picks until they open their minds to alternative ways of thinking. I don't think any of this can be fixed. Okay, you're down on the Giants, rightfully so. I'm really down on the Giants. I need you to try to somehow, some way, paint a picture that would give you, Danny Heifetz, some sense of optimism over the next couple of months. What would that picture be? They hire an exciting GM from outside the organization who's like well regarded as um, a like a scouting guy, but also like into math and things that Gettleman dismissed. And then you want to go in this draft and I want to come out with like a solid tackle to pair with Andrew Thomas. And I want to come out with a serious pass rusher. And then again, things to remember. I mean, they did have 24 guys in injured reserve this year. I think that was the most of any team. So you go in and, and hopefully Joe Judge, like maybe we're wrong. Like maybe Joe Judge, once he's freed from Jason Garrett and they have a better offensive coordinator, maybe the offense does look better. And maybe it does look there are eight guys on this offense who are drafted in the first and second round. It can't be understated that Jason Garrett got to run this offense in Daniel Jones. That, to me, is like the optimistic case, is that there's nowhere to go from up from last in touchdowns. Before we say goodbye, I, I, I am still flabbergasted with the news of my team today. I mean, my, oh my goodness. God. Like, I woke up to like 10 zillion text messages about Brian Flores being let go. And like I said, I would have given you 1,000 to 1, 500 to 1, whatever the crazy odds might have been on that. Uh, my thought is something had to be going on internally. Because if you're looking from a record standpoint, the Dolphins hadn't had back-to-back -back winning years since 2002 and 2003, right? Yes. They had back-to-back -back winning seasons this year. They were one and seven. They turned their season around, limited offensively, and yet they're making a coaching change at the end of this year. Like I, it doesn't make any what sense. Am I, missing I don't here? understand. What am I missing? I don't as, exactly as you said. Like you hit it on the head. I don't understand how you could have your first two winning seasons in almost 20 years fire the coach, especially when you go on the seven-game winning streak. I, it, it, it is mind-blowing. I, I Look, frankly, 
I hope Ryan Flores gets like another great job, whether it's Denver, the Raiders. Those are probably two. Got to really be good careful though. Be That's the one thing though, Heifetz. He's got to be careful now about that next job because we've seen that with guys. Mangini went right to Cleveland. It was a disaster. Uh, Rex, after a good run with the Jets, went to Buffalo. Had no quarterback. I'd be very picky if I'm Brian Flores about what my next job is going to be. Very you know, picky. And it, like, it, the elephant in the room here is also is that he's a black coach that got fired that was perfect, doing perfectly well. And like, it's always hard to apply race to a given situation. But when you look aggregate at the league, league, obviously, there's not enough black coaches in the NFL. And I, you know, there's obviously a thing where sometimes coaches assistants getting hired to a spot are always held to a higher standard. And I think that it, it is wild that now we have two incompetent teams the Lions and the Dolphins. The Lions fired Jim Caldwell, I believe, off two winning seasons, hired Matt Patricia, who didn't win as many games as Caldwell did in his like last season, in two seasons combined for Patricia. Now we've got another defensive coach. You got Brian Flores, who has, what is that? Is it 18 wins for Brian Flores or something like that in the last two years? The Dolphins would probably be lucky if they can get back to that in the next three or four, quite honestly. I'm just, I'm just blown away that they would get rid of him. Yeah, and now you're hearing Jim Caldwell. How about how, we talk about tying it full circle? Could you imagine Dolphins hire a 67 year head coach? I mean, are you kidding me? You go up trying to sell that. Caldwell turned around the line. I like Jim, Got them Co- a winning listen, record Jim Caldwell five years fine. ago would have been fine. I can't have him at 67 years old. What, what's your end game there, Heifetz? What's your future? He's going to coach a team for five years? That's that's a fair point because obviously he did step away from the Dolphins for health related Well, and you got to wonder if he stepped away, was it was there something going on there with he and Brian Flores? See, that's what I'm trying to no, figure I think out it with was, this whole situation. Because then he I don't got know back what, in the following year and took a job, no problem. So was it was it health related? Was it? I don't know. I don't know about that, but I I just I think that put it, as Kevin Clark said earlier today, if you fire your coach and then your coach is immediately like the number one guy on the on the job market, you probably should not have fired. Yeah, your it's coach. a mistake. Uh, listen, right and now, I, was, I wish the Giants no had. Him. I wish the Giants had Brian Flores. I think the fact that they kept Joe Judge, even though Flores is now available, but then soberly, as Saruti said to me earlier today, why would you work with the Giants when you got all these other jobs? Wouldn't you rather go to Minnesota if you're a head coach? Wouldn't you rather go to Minnesota? Wouldn't you rather go to the, maybe even the Bears? You'd definitely rather go to Denver. You'd rather go to the Raiders. Would you rather go to Jacksonville? I mean, at a certain point, why do you want to go work with this team and like be beholden to this front office that's like this family business, deal with the New York media in like a pretty unwinnable situation with what is right now, today, Monday, January 10th, the worst team in the NFL? Heifetz, I can't find you a situation in the NFL that's worse. <laughs> I, I'm dead serious. That includes the Jacksonville Jaguars. Houston. No. No. No, Houston I, I, is better. At least because Houston's they're going to get a slate. couple of picks for Deshaun Watson at some point in time. Yeah. And I think they have more to work with. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's me being in the New York bubble and just making it seem that much worse than it actually is. No, I'm not. It's actually as bad as it is. Who are we kidding? So... Let that sink in. Next five years, you're on like that bottom of the bottom of the bottom of the barrel. It's hard. It's hard to imagine, bro. Also, what a weird, what a weird state with all the the coaches in New York right now. Think about how the thin ice that Boone is on for the Yankees. Get judged. Is the he Giants. on thin ice? He just got an extension. I well, but the fans though. Well, listen, the fans can't stand him. That's true. That's I what mean, I'm saying. Any fan and who has and half like, a brain can't stand him. But and let's be that's real. That's also like, the Yankee front office and their mentality, which is also tough to take. It's very there's a lot. Beat me down, Damn. bro. Beat me down. Maybe, maybe at some point I will actually have some excitement with teams that are in this city, that are in this town. And uh, uh, I know the net fan is probably listening and saying, hey, JJ, my team, bah, bah, bah. be quiet. I don't want to hear from you people. We'll talk to you during <laughs> the playoffs. Listen, Heifetz, don't be a stranger. And uh, uh, I, I hope my team hires Doug Peterson, by the way. That's who I want. Best of luck. 
Yeah, I'm going to need it. I'm going to need it. Later, buddy. Peace. All right, that was fun. State of the Giants, which is an absolute nightmare with Danny Heifetz. We're back tomorrow. It's a loaded week. Charles Davis is going to join us. we got trivia. We'll have a reaction to Alabama and Georgia in the national championship game and a ton of voicemails. Get me your reaction ASAP, ASAP, ASAP. Number to do so is 917-382-1151. JJ out. Be good, everybody. <laughs>